Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You're listening to the Race for the Ring, episode 41, forming a connection with context with Blue Diamond. You're listening to The Race for the Ring, a podcast about dating in the digital decade. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm a PR queen, a published inspirational author, motivational speaker, mom, and dating diva. Each week, I'll have a special guest dish dating dilemmas and delights with me, and together we'll maneuver how to play the game, not get played, and claim the most prized possession, self-love. Ready? Set? Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. I have a special treat for you today. I have a dear friend who actually was my first podcast um, host, had me on as a guest when my book Intermission was uh, launching. He's a keynote speaker. He got me into... um, the National Speakers Association in New York with lots of encouragement. He's been a great mentor to me in that space. His name's Lou Diamond. He's also the CEO of Thrive and a master connector. Lou is also the author of Master of the Art of Connecting. And he, as I mentioned, is a podcast host in his own right um, for the very established and um, well-listened to Thrive Loud podcast. But before we get into connecting, I want to talk about eyelashes, which can help in the form of connecting as you bat them um, profusely at your suitors. Grande Cosmetics is the maker of an incredible, incredible lash serum called Grande MD. They also make a a variety of different mascaras um, and enhancers to accentuate your eyelashes, make them look fuller also help them grow fuller, um, enhancing like your body's own natural uh, chemicals and hormones and things like that to make them grow on their own. And as we all sit still, unfortunately, in the world of mask wearing, our eyes are truly all we have on the street in most cases. So I strongly encourage you to all check them out at Grande Cosmetics. And I also want to give some love to our awesome reviewer, her name is, I think it's a she, Jebexa. Um, she writes in, I love exclamation mark. I am a huge fan. I have learned so much from listening to Mindy and her guests, and I look forward to more episodes to come. Thank you for a great podcast, Mindy. Well, thank you, 
Jebeksha for sharing your review and giving us our five star. I really appreciate that. It really helps all of my peeps out there find us easier. And I would just be so thankful if you had to take the time to rate and review. So back to Lou. Lou, as I said, is an expert at forming connections, whether it's professional, and he also can offer some advice in the romantic arenas, to say the least, as well. He's a natural when it comes to people, and he's an expert in making connections. And I feel in life, we're not necessarily taught those skills, or we mask our authenticity, as we'll dive into a little bit in our conversation. But wouldn't it save us a lot of time if we just knew how to build the deep connections when dating, and if not, how to walk away and walk away quickly? No doubt that communication is the pinnacle in relationships, and having a profound connection with a person is so important, especially before you may become intimate. So that's why Lou and I are going to be discussing the importance of connection, how to connect, and he's going to share a little, uh, I guess, scientific research that he did um, back in Austin, Texas years ago. I'm really excited to welcome my friend Lou. Hey, Lou. Thanks for joining me. This is so fun. I was You were my very first podcast I was ever on, and now it's such an honor to have you on mine. Truly, truly an honor to be here. I, I'll let the listeners know that you not only were prepared for your podcast, you were dressed for your podcast. I'm like, this is audio only. I felt really bad that I didn't bring like a camera crew and everything. I'm dressed for my podcast. No, the like, first time we, the first time we were on a podcast. Oh, oh no! You know why? Because I think I had a meeting after that. Like in per- that's back when we were doing in person things. So. Yes, yes. We'll get there soon. We'll get yeah. there. Soon. No, today I am not dressed for the podcast. <laughs> I am basically in my pajamas and a sweater, but that's okay. Well, I am honored to be here and honored to be on the other side of the microphone. Oh, thank you. All right, so tell everybody who you are um, and what how you're like the master connector and how you became the master connector actor and all that good stuff. I, I love telling people, Mindy, I was put on this planet to work with the most amazing businesses, leaders, and brands and help them thrive through the power of connecting. That's the work that I do. Uh, I am one of those people that is like a natural connector. You know, the people that seem to know everybody, you know, like, oh, you know, this one, that one. I've mm-hmm. always been that way. And that was just natural for me. Um, and a lot of that obviously bled into my career in helping People better connect in the roles that they do, whether they're trying to sell something as a salesperson, whether they're marketing and messaging their brands so they can better connect to their audience Mm -hmm. or leaders of organizations so they can better connect to their people. And Mindy, the interesting thing is the skills, the muscles, the things you need to do to connect across all of those, they're all the same, just a different language. And I know as this program is related to Part of my trial and error to see if my methodology actually worked was done in a dating space, in a social space. Let's talk about that. But before we do, I just had a question about the connecting. When you you did spend time, quite a bit of time in finance, um, in the corporate world before, did you find that there was a void and like just a deficit in connecting amongst your peers and your um, colleagues and so forth that you felt that you needed to fill to get into this industry that you're in or, or, you know, find that niche, if you will? Yeah, that's a great point. I I think... Uh, I worked on Wall Street for a little over 12 years, Mm -hmm. and someone once pointed out to me that I was like 
too nice for Wall Street. Uh, they, they, you know, there was always this general. You weren't the wolf. I, not so much of a wolf. I, I just wasn't more sheep. Ask, I don't know what language is on the show. <laughs> no, you ask, can curse. It's fine. Uh, I, I was always recognizing that it was never about the sale because I was on a sales um, role and I had accountability to that. I was, I was all about making the connection. It was the relationship of who I did business with was how I did more business with them. Right. I could tell you to this day, I have clients that I had from Wall Street that are still some of my closest friends. I would put them in that category. Uh, So I never saw the difference between connecting in the workspace and connecting in your personal life. There's so much overlap to that because our lives are that way. I mean- no one works harder than you, Mindy. You've got like so many oh, you know, balls up in the air. You're running all over the place, doing all the stuff like you do. Like a clown with a bunch of balls yeah, juggling and, every day along. Yeah. Your, your family life, your life, your personal life, the things that you do are very intertwined into our workplace. And, mm-hmm. and, and I did recognize there was a void missing in how people understand how they can connect better. And that is something that I could not believe, uh, People didn't have. And, and I think that's really interesting. A lot of people who are naturally good at something don't ever assume that we, we never assume that everyone else is not really good at that, too. They just figure that's just a natural thing because that's what you're familiar with. Everybody just sucks. Well, not, yeah. not, not that everyone just sucks. I think that everyone has their own unique way of viewing their own world. Yeah. And I think uh, understanding I've always recognized, and this is really important, that when you bring worlds together... When you overlap with someone's interest, when you understand what's going on in their world and you are more empathetic to them, Mm -hmm. the connection you make is where you link with someone, is where you grow. It actually adds to your world. I used to use this um, example, and I did this in, in my book, Mindy. I took all these little circles and tried to explain that, you know, if this is your world, one circle, and you're merging with another, when you make the connection, it's not just the two circles touching each other. That's not a connection. It's when they're intertwined Mm -hmm. and when they overlap and when you see into someone else's world and they see into yours. When you've Mm -hmm. done that, you've basically taken a piece of their little circle of their world and added it to yours. And that's that's true about all the relationships you have in your life. I think too often people have just assumed that I'm in my business mode, my isolation, and this is work that yeah. I do in this world, and it's yeah. separate from the other world. Yeah, That's really hard today with the way that we're so connected digitally, virtually. Um, oh, yeah. People are seeing you in, like, you're seeing you in my jammies. Like, if you were, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, like, right. I mean, if people, like, I been, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal, and it was like, uh, employees are feeling, like, they're seeing, like, the real life of, like, their bosses and their, like, their their leadership because <laughs> yeah. they're, like, in their living room and yep. someone's, like, sun's running around in their underwear while they're doing a Zoom call. And But it adds a lot of humanity and humility, really, to the, the, the picture. And I, I would think that obviously makes you for a better connection, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a there's a plus and a minus to the virtual world. I think, yes, it does give us a view into someone's personal life and all the things they have. It though we do crave connection. Yeah. In-person connection. And and I've said this because uh, I because one of the things that I've been doing during the pandemic is helping to train people. I have this program called Thrive Virtually. I'm helping salespeople better connect virtually through this little glass thing, which I'm I know it's through. harder. It's very yeah. hard. 
Yeah. And, and yeah, it's you like get a chance to wall. see you get a chance to see people's families, their homes, the pajamas they're wearing, what's on their feet, um, all all the things that <laughs> are, they wear, are they wearing are they wearing pants, you know, all those yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. But it does not substitute the energy that people have when they're together. The connection that people have when two two people, three people, a room, a vibe. I mean, I I, I say this because this is really funny. Uh, my, my whole family the other night, we, we ran out of things to stream and watch. And, and, my, and my son- <laughs> Is that ho- even possible? <laughs> I, well, <laughs> there's been a lot of binge watching. And uh-huh. we ended up, this is really funny. We ended up watching like the best of the Super Bowl halftime shows, all the concerts. Oh, that was probably good. Oh, it was awesome. It was, it was like, and it was great, but it was also fun to see how over the years, the halftime shows have just, I mean, become incredible productions. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's- all of us at the same time when we saw- uh, we went back to the 2001 and sync where they opened up with Bye 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 and they ran in with <laughs> the crowd. <laughs> they, they ran in with the crowd. No like, you remember how the, they always let the crowd in at halftime right to the stage? Yeah. Like, they like, let, yeah. like you know, running of the, of the crazies? Yeah. Well, watching all those people together in a mosh pit and one of them was then picked up and body surfed and we looked around. I'm like, God, I miss concerts. God, I miss connecting oh with that gosh, energy. Oh my gosh, I do too. I miss them so yeah, much. That I miss ener- going to like a, a, not I don't go to clubs, but like a yeah. bar and just sitting and like hanging out at the bar inside, like talking. Well, it's, it's a, on his bar stool, face yeah. to face with someone. Yeah, it's yeah. the amplified result of so many people connecting on one thing. I, I always said this that um, a lot of great rock stars or great musicians talk about the most. Um, addictive thing that they've ever have is at the end of Billy Joel used to say this mm-hmm. that for most of his concerts he would close after the encores with piano men and they just is turn, everybody saying yeah, yeah they just turn the lights on the stadium and everyone is singing and he's up there and there is an energy and a vibe that is just so incredible and multiple artists have this uh, Bruce Springsteen has this uh, it doesn't matter who it is yeah. That commonality that all of us have of the energy of connecting together in that one place shows that, you know, we have connections together and there's an energy. And if you you spread out those big concerts and you go down just to the core of it, two people making a connection, one and one, is where it starts. And and that, even just from that, there's great energy, spark, things that you find in common. And, and in, in fairness, there are things that we don't connect on. And that's when you know that there isn't a connection. There's sometimes, you know, you can't break that barrier and those worlds can't see one another. Mm-hmm. Um, in business, that's when a sale is not made. Uh, in in relationships, it's where relationships don't work and things aren't happening. So, it, Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's good no, to know either way. It's what it is. Know? We, we can't yeah. connect to everybody. I think this right. is really important. And some a lesson that I had trouble learning with because I'm so naturally uh, outgoing and communicative and social I want to connect with everyone. I want to try and find that bridge because there is that energy. Maybe that's the the drug or the heroin that I love is that connectivity with other people. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, though, that it's important to recognize that there are limitations to what you can do and who you can connect with. And that's okay. That's exactly what you – and you want to find – in business, you want to find that out faster. If you want to find out if there isn't going to be business between two people, it's not going to work. You want to yeah. know that right away. Yes, you don't want to waste your time. You want to move on. Same with relationships. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to like waste yes. your time. You know, like 
I don't know. I mean, maybe they would make for a good friend, but it doesn't necessarily have to be someone right. that you're like spending your Saturday nights with. Absolutely. We're able or, to do or that again. Tuesday, or your Tuesday nights. Or your Tuesday nights. Yeah, they're <laughs> valuable as well. All right. So let's segue into your story about how the dating world brought you into this field. And I want to just say, I think this is so appropriate that we're marrying the business connecting with the personal connecting because myself, um, it's a little bit of the opposite extreme because it's about the divorce and like co-parenting, <laughs> which we all hope once you date with a race with a ring, you don't deal with later on. But should you, I often apply my business skills and my business tactics and my communication skills um, when conflict arises between me and my ex, because I find that I am able to get more um, and take my emotions out of it. So anyway, not that that's what this was about, but I'm just saying I think there's a lot of synergy between the two schools of thought. All right, so without further ado, share us how you got into the connecting through your dating life. Well, well it was interesting because we this, start, this was an ex, a science experiment, a social science experiment that mm-hmm. took place right at the time that that we started my company's called thrive uh right and, and oh I, everybody knows i said it yeah. right in the, oh, we said it in the beginning yes, they, and they know about your book all that fun stuff. Of accolades yeah, yeah so uh during one of the workshops we had i was with my other colleagues who we were running this big workshop with and it was a multi-day event and we were having this discussion about what was what was more important aggressiveness or authenticity and what that meant was like from a social setting, if you went out and you went to be way more aggressive and, and, and we were thinking of this from males meeting females in a social setting at a bar. We were relating that because we were trying to pair exactly like we were just talking about in the beginning, trying mm-hmm. to pair like is an aggressive salesperson the thing that you need to be or do you need to be authentically who you are? What is the thing that we connect with more? And I was arguing tremendously that authenticity trumped all. And I believe that that was important. Uh, my colleague at the time questioned it and actually said to me, that's not true. I think it's actually, you need to have that spark. You need to have that step in aggressiveness. And then over a few liquid uh, cocktails, I guess. Do you and, recall what they were? <laughs> I, I, don't some... re- I don't remember exactly what we were drinking, but what I do remember is we came up with a brilliant idea. Now, I, uh, for your listeners, as you may have um, mentioned in this, and that is that I, I've been married for over 22 and a half years. So I've been out of the dating scene for a very long time. Lucky you, Lou. <laughs> well, I'll say this, that, that it, you know, it was interesting because this, and, and just to be clear, this was... Uh, giving a timeline. This is about seven years ago. So that's like 2013, 2014. Oh, uh, when we're doing really? This. They yeah. did this experiment? This experiment. Wait, I, but I want to explain what the experiment was. So oh, the experiment that would have was, been a fun experiment wait, to have when listen, you're married. No, no. <laughs> I, I make it clear. I'm only teasing. Go ahead. Okay. We found three very uh, equally attractive uh, young men um, who... And we went uh, to a certain area. This was actually, to give them a shout out, it was Austin, Texas. It was where the the conference was. Actually, to give some background, there was a snowstorm that canceled the back half of this conference. conference. There was a different group that was coming in. And what they actually did- Were you keynoting at it? I was- was, we were there? We were doing workshops and keynotes at this event. It was a big big active thing. And- the what ended up happening was is that the, the our sponsors basically said it's going to be stupid. We're just going to push it back one week. 
So they paid for us to stay another week there, which was actually what made more sense than because we couldn't even leave Flying and fly back. back. So we're there with no t- with time to kill, and we're out there. So what we did—that's awesome. We I knew- wish that would happen to me, maybe in Hawaii or something. <laughs> it was in, was it? <laughs> no, was it, it was no winter in Hawaii. It was yeah. winter in Austin. It wasn't like I could go out. Yeah, but it's pool. Austin, Texas winter is better than fair, fair enough. We, we did explore all the all the restaurants, but when okay. you hear what we did, you're not going to believe it. So what we all did? Right, go go go. Okay. And this is a true story. It was actually written in the book uh the the three three of us three guys that were there they're working this and this other woman we recruited three young in their late 20s early 30s single men okay of, i'd say of all per- they were damn in shape good looking guys yeah hotties and we rotated yes on what was in this particular week it was a, a thursday night and then a friday early evening and then a friday night Okay. Three different bars, three different locations. By the way, we got to actually film some of this. We were never able to release the filming because we actually set this up throughout the whole week. Um, and we even got, even got to bartend at some of this because I was not involved in this. Record. We were just watching it. Each of the three gentlemen played three different character type roles at the bars that they were in. And they were there for about a two hour period. And their goal was to connect with other women. I'm making it clear. They just had to connect. I'm not saying this was about like hooking up or something like that. This was literally, they just had to try and establish. But then you'd be, that would be a, a different connection. business. Yes. That was a little <laughs> bit over the line. But, we, but remember, yes. so what they did was each one of them, we explained what they had to do and they were totally into this. And they had to, one character type was the person had to be very aggressive, very forward, not physically aggressive, just for, you know, in their personality, very forward, trying like put it like as if they're hitting the gas pedal and trying to meet as many people as they can. Like, hey, girl, what's going on? What's up, babe? Like, exactly. Or showing like, off or, or yeah. doing things. That, oh, look what I have. And exactly. Let me buy a drink. Yeah. The, the, other, the other personality type that we made them be was very reserved. Exactly. Not doing anything. Just sitting back. In fact, waiting for people to come to them. Yeah. And the third character type, which was the most important, which was unique for each three of the gentlemen that was there. Were they, they actors? No. They were young Single it super guys. Fun. I wish I was in on this. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. The, the the third character was that they had to be authentically who they were, as mm-hmm. real as themselves, not try to be anything. And if they were more aggressive, they had to be, they got to fall that. But they had to be themselves. Okay. All right. So they went to three different bars, and they had to meet different people and either connect numbers or make connections. And we were observing this from afar, by the way, in each one of these bars. On a Thursday night, a Friday, early like cocktail hours, like happy hour, and then Friday night. What did the authentic person do? Were they like talking to They people? were like themselves. If they wanted to go up to somebody, they did. If they didn't like somebody, they didn't. They just were they just themselves. They at the bar? Okay. They were, and they were all mingling in like an outside of around a bar area. Okay. Mindy, I'm going to ask you the question. In, in those scenarios, an aggressive guy, an authentic guy, a reserved guy, what do you think from the male's point of view, which one do you think was most successful in connecting with people at this, in this experiment? Probably the one that was reserved. That's interesting that you say that. But I guess the, the right answer is authentic, but I'm going to tell you why I say reserved. Tell so me. If it were me, mm-hmm. um, if I were in that, if I was being my authentic self, I would be sitting as the reserved person. I am not one. Although I can talk to strangers. I just guess when it comes to the opposite sex, I usually am not one to strike up a conversation. I'm not. I know that's shocking probably for you to hear. <laughs> so let me tell you what we did in the experiment. Okay. For, two, for, two, right. for two hours, these gentlemen mingled with groups of uh, people of the opposite sex. Okay. And um, at the end of it, 
we looped in to the back rooms of these bars that we were at to ask and interview the women what they thought. We weren't doing this by ourselves and how it worked. Okay. Um, We did this, uh, obviously, in all the three settings. First of all, the authentic role played by each guy. We went, remember, we went to three different bars. They rotated and they each played each different different role. Yes. Okay. So each time when the aggressive, one time the guy played aggressive, the next time he was authentic, the next time he was reserved. And they did Did they get paid? Um, We can't disclose that on this product. Let's just say they were compensated for their effort. Okay. Uh, Okay. Drinks. Okay. So the... In all the cases, in each three bar situations, the authentic guy, without a doubt, stood out more than the aggressive and more than the reserved. But what was the most interesting was when we went to the third bar on that Friday night, because we started off in a happy hour, mm-hmm. a woman who didn't get a chance to really connect with the guy that was playing the authentic role at bar number two that night we were at, the first night that we were there, they saw, oh, she, she saw the guy three. and she ended up following this group for later that evening when we ended up going to the night uh, bar, the last place we stopped. And now that authentic guy flipped his role and he was the aggressive guy. So when we pulled them in for the feedback, she was so disappointed when she learned when she, and then when she finally got to connect with him as, and now he was playing the role of aggressive because she had overheard him a little tangentially in the first bar when he was being authentic and said, this is a guy I want to get to know. And now he's being a total asshole. Asshole. And this is what happened. And what was fascinating was that analysis that she got attracted to it. Mindy, you want to hear the best part of the story? I do. Did they get married? Yes. (laughs) No way! I knew it! That's awesome! The the girl, she followed him over to that. We learned about three weeks later after we had left Austin, after our whole workshops and stuff, we were there. Did you stay in touch with these guys? uh, Well, more than that, uh, myself and my other colleagues who were were invited uh, to the wedding, and we got to share this story at the rehearsal dinner. We were invited to the wedding. That's a really good story. I love that. But the heart of it all, and, and for another podcast you and I can do, we did the exact same experiment a year later with women playing those roles oh and it I was, love that and well in, when life is better maybe we can do it for race for the ring oh we it's could hysterical. reenact that uh, by the way all we kept thinking about was we needed a reality tv show to make this thing a real thing oh yeah it was incredible really fun. that was uh, so fun but it, i but, love it but the best was um i i did win my bet because um authenticity shined every single time and by the way you know, what was funny was that one of those guys wasn't necessarily like, oh, he's the nicest, sweetest guy in the world. He was kind of a little bit of a, a douchebag. And I could tell you- The guy that, that got married? No, no. One of the other characters. Oh. <laughs> but when he was authentically who he was, yeah, it actually was attractive to other people. And I think that's the whole thing that I wanted, that the experiment opened up, was that when you really show who you are and you open up to others to connect, it is that that we're attracted to. It is that component of who someone is, not this front- of them being, you know, very aggressive or trying to be something they're not, or, or charismatic even, when they're or holding back. Yeah, or holding back. Yeah. If you're being reserved. What I found to be most amazing about this experiment was the reactions, like physical reactions that people have. Like if somebody came too aggressively, you saw people move over. When someone was actually being authentically who they were, they were drawn in like a magnet. And it was so fun to watch. It was 
even I mean, like a fly on the wall. And I remember That's like, cool. and the other thing I realized was, how, you know, like, like you said, yeah, I've been, I've been out of the dating scene for a very long time. How bad I would have been in this situation. Like I go, man, it's changed a lot, you know, cause like you have to take these things out of their hands. Oh, these I things know. Being now, digital phones. That was 2001. You said yeah. now it's like, no, no, it was, even... two, it was 2013 when we did it. Oh, so, but, but even still, it's so different today. I was out of the dating scene for 10 years when I was married and back in it now, it's like a whole other like ball game. I mean, also I'm in my 40s, so it's a little different, I think, in general, like what the expectations look like when you go on a date. But um, yeah, not for me, the, the guy's point of view. Fun story, though, right? I love that. Oh, that's an awesome story. I want to hear the girl on like another time. Show. That's, and an, that's then we another definitely podcast. want to try to reenact like a, maybe a mini version of that and like talk about it on the show like another time. That's very cool. So. Getting to the authenticity um, element, that's part of some of the research that I found that obviously just being yourself will make the strongest connections in a romantic setting. But the problem many of us face is that that enables, or I guess you have to be, not enables, you have to show some vulnerability, you have to put your guard down, you have to be open, and things like that. So why, as the master connector that you are, why do you think so many of us struggle with that? It's such a great question. Uh, You always hear the expression, you, you have to be your best version of yourself before you can you know, help somebody else. Like you really have to be good with yourself first. Mm-hmm. I think that, look, let's call it what it is. Connecting is something that's a combination of a natural thing that can happen and also something that requires a little bit of spark too. And let's make go back to this aggressive and authentic yeah. thing. I can't you just authentic. chemistry right. in some shape. And yeah. there's other parts that have to be there. And, and we mentioned this earlier on that, right? Like, if you don't connect on certain things, that's okay. Um, and to connect on all the things that work is really hard. Throw in the factor of timing and throw in the component of where you are each and every day. Like, you know this, you have great days when you wake up and everything is totally, you're kicking on all cylinders and you're absolutely thriving in what you do. And then there are days like this morning when Mindy woke up yeah, and was like that. totally well, freaking yeah, out. I woke up at five and then I went back to sleep. <laughs> and then I actually woke up on time, like, you know, and then my computer wasn't working. Yeah. And then what do you do? How do you get out of Well, so that's it. So everybody has to have their own individual practice of what they do to get themselves to be back on track. I, I think you know this because uh, you've been on my show and, and I have uh, other people. And we're also really good friends. This is yeah. true too. We should let <laughs> yeah. that know. Yeah. Uh, that I ask a question on, on my podcast, everyone, it's the one question I always ask. And that's when you have trouble thriving, uh, what practice or what individual do you seek out to get yourself you? back on the you- thriving track? It's a good question. I have, I've got, I have two things that I do. I have, I have one, I tried meditation a long time ago. That doesn't work for me. I just started that. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm going to give like a shameless plug. I'm not, I don't know him or anything like that. I wish I did. But Dan Harris, the ABC news anchor. Oh yeah. yeah. Had, that wrote the book 10%. Yeah. He has an app now called 10% and it makes it so easy to, to med. You should try, you should definitely try it. I actually got it because I have a client, um, 
if you met him or not, Dr. Stephen Davis, my plastic surgeon in New Jersey I represent. Anyway, he he has a podcast and he they're doing something together. So I, I got in touch with Dan and the stuff like that. And then I was like intrigued by it. And I think it's really, because I'm not one, I'm a person that gets the massage when I would go and get yeah. a massage and my mind's racing and I can't relax. So, like, so that's so, yeah. actually what you just said is really important. Okay, so I have two things that I do and they kind of balance each other. And it makes sense when you think about it. Okay. Um, one is I try to just free my mind. And the way that I do that is through physical exercise. Um, I ride a Peloton or I'll go for a walk. I need to get moving. I need to literally be moving onward and upward to get myself to to be clear of what I'm doing. And I mm-hmm. I haven't really appreciated it really until, uh, until COVID hit because I was riding on the Peloton almost like every day, how important this thing was yeah. to me. Because I was yeah, <laughs> you, you were one of the people that said you, you should absolutely. The second part is a little bit weirder, might be a little nerdier on my side, but I need something, some kind of mental exercise to do. And I, and I never realized that I was doing this until I realized that my day didn't get started. I do the New York Times crossword puzzle, like five, That's five days. That's not day- nerdy. You're, right. well, you're really smart. You're like went five to days a week. and everything. You're I, I brilliant. Can't, you know, I don't know if you know this. The, the puzzle actually gets harder as the week goes on. No, I can, I'm not into crossword puzzles. I'll just say I, this. I, it gets to your listeners that do this. I can get from Sunday to Thursday and, and I don't even look at the Friday and Saturdays because they're just too freaking hard. Um, but it, the, what it does is that it, it gets my mind um, solving a problem. Because one of the things that I do as a consultant each day is that I'm in problem-solving mode, and I never realized that that little mental exercise, and I do them pretty quickly because I'm doing them for a while, mm-hmm. um, it just, if I almost feel like I need to accomplish that to get everything going. It's like literally on my list. It sounds like a waste of time, but I will no, it tell you it works. I think it's it just, it's a, it's a, I don't want to say it's mindless because you have to obviously think about the answers, but it's not like a stressful situation i you're gonna think i'm crazy this is what i do in the morning i, I, I sometimes do <laughs> think i'm crazy just being like, funny yes. many many would probably agree with yeah that. um you're not the only one um i like to do <laughs> full laundry oh that's true yeah, yeah like uh, it's like i that's when i do it and i actually enjoy it i look forward to it in the morning i find i drink my coffee it's quiet my kid if i have my kid that particular day they're yeah. still sleeping i mean i do other things i exercise when i i can't really do that right now but when i do i do that all in the morning with the bike the whole line like you but the first thing is the laundry. No, I, I know some people, um, you know, they love to fold. I know other people that like to do the lawn. Um, yeah. Mow, mow the, like, yeah. Some, some, I have a friend that mows her own lawn. I'm, yeah. I'm, and I'm not, like, are you out of your freaking mind? Like, really? There's something like, about. I like it. Yeah. yeah the repetitive activity mm-hmm. or something that, and, and it just is a habit, a ritual. It's mm-hmm. a ritual that you're seeking to, to, to center yourself. And like you said, whether you, you do meditation or whether some people read a book, some people, um, some people actually are really funny. Like they they need to put that to do list together of the things they need to do. Like they like they have a oh, I do that a process time. and that and yeah. that's it. But if you think about the two, one is my, my, freeing my mind, and the other is kind of keeping my mind active. Yeah. And it's yeah. that balance that gets me that way. Uh, I noticed that um, one, what's also interesting because I do obviously, as you know, I'm a, I'm a speaker and I. Um, do a lot of virtual presentations now. You know, hopefully right. get more back in in on stages soon. Right. But oh what I will God. tell you is, I have days where I'm doing a lot of speaking all day long, and then I have days where I'm doing a lot of listening. And if you think about this, I'll spin this to your relationship conversation. Uh, you know, 
I always tell salespeople, you know, it's way better to be listening than to be talking. Because when you're talking, you're not listening. And when you're trying to connect with someone, one of the most important skills in what I call the connecting core, one of the most important muscles is empathy. And that is the ability to step into the world of someone else. And the most effective way to do that is to listen to them. And I'm sure you, you've had this from, you know, you know, dates or relationships you've been on where there's somebody who's just talking all about me, 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 all about me yeah, and everything. So boring. Who the yeah. hell cares? I mean, all honesty, <laughs> like, how are you going to care if someone cares that much about themselves? You are looking for someone that is genuinely, not, not disauthentically, not faking it. They're really interested in learning about your world and asking questions. And, uh, you know, some of the best conversations I've had in life, whether from a podcast interview, from a social relationship, a friendship, um, even even with my own wife after all these years, asking each other questions and having that engaging conversation. What's going on with you? What's the problem that you have? What's going on? Those are the things that really draw you closer together. You constantly are doing that. So mm -hmm. in that listening mode is so vital because you want to really empathize with who you want to connect with. And to your original point, like if you're off your game and you're not yourself and you're not doing that, maybe you just have to get well with yourself first before you can bring someone else into your world. And that's the yeah, mindset. I've done I like a lot that. of shows about that with psychologists yeah. about the importance of loving yourself, because if you don't love yourself, then you can't love another person. And I guess it rings, same rings true, obviously, for the connection. You have to like be in the, the right frame of mind and be able to be like you say, like authentic and feel confident enough to be authentic and know that you're a cool person and that, you know, you don't have to pretend to be somebody that you're not or, you know, hold back or anything like that. So as we wrap up, because we're actually out of time, can you give our listeners um, maybe like three or five or how, how many other tips you think are important to maintain that sense of connection, um, embrace the, to be, you know, um, empathetic, being empathetic, um, any, anything like, you know, any tips you can offer so that we can kind of try to maintain this sort of practice into our dating world. Absolutely. It's hard. And also, if you can, when to know to cut it off and how to cut it off when it, there is no connection or not a connection you want. <laughs> totally. It's really fun. I'll, I'll, actually, I'll start with that. That's, um, okay. Here's an advice I get to, uh, to salespeople all the time. I say, get to know faster. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of salespeople think that there's always an opportunity to make something happen. Mm -hmm. And if you start asking certain questions with some, with a prospect or a client and you're trying to see, are they going to fit with what I'm offering them? Whether it's a, a service I'm trying to sell them, a product, the faster you know that they're not the right fit, the better. Right. Or their budget isn't there. Or, well, yeah. I always, the better it is. I always like, try to leave yeah. that in Is there early? money? You know, yeah, like, yeah. Like they may not have the services for you or they may not have the time for you, mm -hmm. right? Like that, let's, let's, what's related to what you're trying to do. But the faster you get to know, um, you know, wouldn't it be better if like, you know, someone said you, sh you should have a lot of, I guess, first dates or first meetings with people, a lot of that prospecting calls because you're doing that to try to figure out, okay, that's not going to work. Like even I know right off, not first impressions, but there's certain components that you know won't happen because there's just too many variables in the way. The faster you recognize and accept that, that's better. And you shouldn't be upset about that. In fact, like any successful funnel, you have to have a lot of no's to get to the yeses. Yeah. So recognizing that is a first tip that I guess I would give you. They never want to get married again, or they want kids, or they don't want kids, or no. like those types of that they're not That their world is not going to connect into your world. If, there is, if, if what you believe in and what your values are 
don't over don't have any overlap whatever that is if you can't break that barrier because there's too many things that you're not willing to let into your world and they're not willing to let in yours the faster you part from that excuse me uh, the faster you part from that the better it's going to be for everybody the faster That's you want to do that so don't be shy to ask your question though. yeah ask your question to be direct you know don't try you know, you know don't try and be surreptitious with that that being said okay. you were asking about other things so i have these these quick mottos that relate to what I call the connecting core. These are the muscles of how you want to better connect with people. And each one of them is good. So I'm just going to hit each one of the muscles. It's actually called the SAFE, S-A-F-E. Um, but I'm going to work backwards. I'm going to go from the E-F-A-S, just okay. that way. So the E, the empathy. Okay, remember the whole thing about listening? So just remember this tip. Step into the shoes of another and see things from their world. That's that's like the most important thing in trying to connect with someone. It, it, it can't be about what your world is about. It's what their world is about. And a great connection is when both people are doing that at the same time. They're both trying to understand that. Mm-hmm. The F is a fearless mindset. Now, I don't mean be void of fear. We all have fears. We have things that we all have that hold us back. That's your guard down, be yeah, vulnerable. I love to think of it this way. Move through the fears into courage. And that is understand what holds you back. Understand what you're afraid of. Understand, you know, I'm afraid to have another date go badly. I'm afraid to have another marriage go badly. I'm afraid to have a relationship not where it is. Well, if you understand what those things are and what those fears are and what they do to you, by the way, they do something physically to you. There's a, they'll, they'll either hurt in your stomach or your neck or your head or whatever part of your body, recognizing what that is. And then what you need to do to move through into courage is you need to spin that fear on its head. You need to almost like turn it upside down. I'm afraid of having another uh, relationship fail. Okay, well, if you go with that, then you're never going to have any relationships. You're going to have some that fail. And you need some of those relationships to fail to get to the one that's going to succeed. I agree. I know my mother does that to me. Don't make it. You can't afford to make another mistake. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a lot of pressure. I'm like, I might make make four mistakes. I know. It's so annoying. (laughs) I'm like, it's fine. You know, you know, there's an expression, you know, they may not always be right, but they think. Oh, I know. That's true. Okay, so got so, one on my kids. All right, go ahead. So, so we covered the E, the F. Okay, uh, the A. We hit this hard. Um, authenticity, mm-hmm. and that is be you. Just be you. Don't try to be somebody else. Just literally be what you what you are. Voice those things, and don't try to be somebody else because nobody wants to connect with a pretender. We want to connect with someone that's really who they are. The the last one is the S, which. Um, which I affectionately call your super why, which is your superpower. And this is important. You want to unleash your superpower onto the world. Whatever it is that you are great at, whatever quality that you have, you want to let that thing shine. And if you think about yourself as an individual and what you do best or what those things are, your skills, your, your passions, the things you love to do, bring those things out. Bring those things out. That's what we want to connect with. We love superheroes, Mindy. We love them. I love um, Every who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> I am, I, 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 and that and that's that's ubiquitous. Whether it's Gal Gadot or go back to Linda Carter when I was a little kid, um, any, yeah, you know, and, yeah. Uh, so I say this that look, but it, it's it's owning your power and showing that and living and breathing your passion each and every day. 
do that every day. Like, you know, I try to do that in the work that I do in helping people connect. I, I know you do this in a way to make other people shine, which is incredible, whether in this light or on in your business. And and that is what is attractive because we love superheroes. We love to see that and we want to see and bring out the superhero in everyone. And I think that's really important within that. So those four tips awesome. that's I really recommend. Tips. I have one more final question for you because you always <laughs> on turn the table on you. You always ask about the movie. What's your favorite movie? Oh, it's good. You'd love this because uh, you're kind of from this area. Uh, yeah, because yeah, my, my favorite movie of all time is Rocky. Yeah, you see, and and for multiple, like I love, I, I love the original always. Um, but one could argue the entire series. Yeah, I like the one with the Russian. That's my favorite. Yeah, Rocky Four. Rocky, Rocky Four is the best with, music. But I still yeah. work out to that track today. In fact, yeah. I did a Peloton ride, and they played that stupid thing, and they that's cool. Climbing a mountain that's cool. kills you, um, Adrian. Yo, Adrian. <laughs> but yeah, but so I think the thing about Rocky, um, it's the the greatest fictional character of all time, uh, because um, a, a man who came from nothing to to win it all at, at all costs. But I also think that there, in later movies, they highlighted this because when you watch him, you know, work out or overcome the impossible, uh, it's a great message for your listeners. And that is you need to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. You have to keep moving forward. That's what winners do. That's what great people do. You can't get stuck where you are. You just have to figure out what gets you to move. And and no character ever represented that better and, you know, let alone great music and fun fighting scenes. But uh and and it's from Philadelphia, so I know that was that was why I know Philly. connect most with you. Yeah. So, so so yeah, that is yeah. that is that's always my favorite movie. I have a lot of others that I love, but that's the one that No, I like that one that, too. I, mean, I love that one. Don't you get yeah. pumped up even when you hear any of them? Yeah, I have a tiger. I love any it. one of them. They're all of them. Yeah, so. yeah. So that's, that's my favorite. Movie. That's really good advice, Lou. Thank you so much. And for just tell everybody where they can find you. And I mean, you have Thrive Loud. You have your book. You have like <laughs> you have your podcast that you just launched. Like, yeah, just no, share so, all your deeds. So everything you ever wanted to know about Lou Diamond, you can go to. Thrive Loud, T-H-R-I-V-E-L-O-U-D, either .com for the website or everywhere in social media at Thrive Loud. Follow me. I'm very big in LinkedIn and Instagram. Those are the two where I'm most uh, active. And the podcast, as Mindy mentioned, you can Thrive Loud uh, is our, oh my God, <laughs> we have lots of listeners. We have, we, yeah. Yeah, we've got over yeah. 550 some odd episodes of, of programming. Uh, and um, so much more to come. We have live shows that are going on. And we just launched a really cool show called Why They Listen, which is featuring very unique programs that have a niche audience and why listeners tap into that program. It's pretty cool because we're trying to decode um, exactly why you connect to your audience that way. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that program, too. And, and they're all spinoff. But you can find me anywhere on social media at Thrive Loud and you'll see all of that um, and it was such a pleasure to be here, Mindy. Excited that this program you got is pretty cool. Also, some of the best podcast artwork I've ever seen. Just to be to be clear, wait on mine. Yeah. Oh, very, thanks. Very creative. Nice. Very creative. I just launched the, the Instagram uh, page for uh, Race oh, for the Well, I'm gonna have to go follow. Yeah, you have to follow it. It's like two followers me in my <laughs> office right now. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Lou. Uh, Thank really you so much. You really were amazing. I'm not surprised. I expected it to be nothing less than that. So, well, anyway. thank you so much for having me. All right. Truly have a good, have a good day. You too. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Race for the Ring. If you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast, just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week, and in the meantime. 
be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. Getting ready in the mornings looks completely different now. Whether you're waking up and heading into the next room for a Zoom meeting or grabbing a mask when you grab your coffee thermos to head out the door, there is no denying it. It's different than it was last year. But thankfully, no matter where you're headed, Grande Cosmetics has something for you to accentuate the features above your mask. Grande Cosmetics, known best for their cult favorite lash enhancing serum, Grande Lash MD, creates beauty products with benefits. From their Grande Drama Intense Thickening Mascara with castor oil to their Grande Brow Brow Enhancing Syrup with peptides and vitamins for thicker, fuller looking brows, Grande Cosmetics enhances your natural beauty. Find their products at grandecosmetics.com. That's Grande with an E on the end, just like your Starbucks order. Also available at Sephora, Ulta, Morphe, Macy's, and Salon Professionals at Salon Centric. The Race for the Ring listeners can enjoy 15% off their total purchase at grandecosmetics.com with the code PODCAST. That's PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, redeemable at grandecosmetics.com, which will be valid through December 31st, 2020. Happy shopping! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.